You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all of these glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real. It's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. Hey guys, and what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Badass Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast, hosted by the ever-loving, ever-intensive Care Bear, me, Kristen motherfucking Lee. So today is a listener-submitted question. Holy crap, girl. Holy crap. I know you asked me this question back in the beginning of August, so I'm here to answer it for you, and I can't find your message on Instagram, but I would call you out because you are an amazing listener, and I'm going to ask answer your beautiful question, how to move from a full-time career and what you're doing now that's not inside the dog business industry into being a full-time dog trainer. What? So basically, starting a business and transitioning into full-time dog business entrepreneurship. Now, I don't talk talk too much about starting a business because you know why? It's kind of boring. There's other business coaches out there that talk about, you know, kind of ditching the 9 to 5 and kind of starting your first business and stuff like that. However, because this question this question that came up from the listener, the listener gave me so much love and support. I was like, "You know what? I'm going to do it because truth is That type of question actually hits super close to home for me. Now, if you know any of my story, I have not always been a full-time business owner, like full-time business owners. I've always had businesses. Even when I was like six years old, I had a business. I used to flip horses and teach people how to ride horses and stuff like that. But my journey originally started out as most suburban or urban girls from New Jersey, I got the, you know, I got the college degree, I got an internship, I worked at a great, huge global Fortune 50 firm, I got an MBA from an Ivy League, I traveled the world while I was building a couple different dog businesses for my husband, well, he was my boyfriend at that time. And I I never made the leap because you know what, I had a good, like I legit built this business, it was doing really well. I didn't have a role in it. My husband was happy. You know, go like, how fucking lucky is he? I mean, like, dude, you get a business built by this brain and it's just rocking and rolling. And I was enjoying the high fucking flying life of a young executive. 
And it wasn't until a few years ago, it was presented to me by one of my mentors, because I always believe in the power of mentorship, always believe in the power of mentorship, that I should start branching off a little bit and kind of being divergent to stepping into my passion, which is around coaching and mentoring people. I've always done that also in my career when I worked at Fortune 50 companies. I've always mentored people to kind of step into more of a public role and all that fucking shit, but I'm not going to go down that road. So I wanted to really start to talk about that today and to all of my girls and my guys out there that might be sitting in that corporate job, that might be sitting in that office job, I'm not going to demonize it. I don't like to demonize the nine to five or the full-time career that you have right now. It doesn't matter what you do. You know what I mean? Because those jobs and the reason why your butt's in that chair, the reason why you go to work every day is for an exact reason. Now, that reason, I don't know. That reason, you might know, but it's there to teach you lessons. All right, so I'm not going to demonize the nine to five. Like the nine to five guys, if you are looking to go into dog training full time, dog walking full time, use that motherfucker as support as we talk about transitioning out into full time entrepreneurship, right? Yes, I know it sucks your fucking soul. I get it. Like I remember my last couple months at my corporate job and I was driving in the work and I just walked in. I was like, dude, I'm making so much more money, right? I'm making so much more money in my businesses. I'm respected in my businesses and I, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't only fully there, but I stayed there until I was ready to make the scary fucking leap. Because the thing is you could be making all this money in your side gigs and your side hustles. And if you're not ready to fully transition, you're not ready. So that's, there's a reason why we don't demonize it around here, right? I support, I love all the opportunities I've had. And, you know, think of the same thing, unless you have a really fucking shitty boss. If you have a really shitty boss, you're just staying there for the money. Girl, guy, there are options out there to fucking move on. I don't believe your mental health is worth any fucking paycheck. Even in dog training businesses and dog walking businesses. Okay. So my beautiful listener, she asked how she could start her full-time business, um, start leaving as a teacher into a full-time, I can't find the old messages. I'm so sorry, honey. Um, the message uh, into like a dog boarder or a dog trainer or something like that. So my first step to moving from side hustle to full-time gig is to have a ton of a fucking patience, a ton of patience. Unlike what you've seen, if you, you know, I know the dog trainers and dog walkers that have been in this business for a while, kind of rolling their eyes and it's cool. You can skip this episode, but from what you see, entrepreneurship isn't like a Cinderella story. Unfortunately, it isn't kind of like a Marvel movie or, you know, a movie where one day it just, you get all this clarity and everything fucking, you know, starts showering and it's beautiful and you have these ups and then you have some lows. It is hard. It is hard to switch from employee to CEO and to understand that your survival of your family and everything else is your responsibility. It's fucking scary. So the first thing is to have massive patience with yourself and be flexible on any timelines. Now, that being said, if you come into a situation where you feel that you are going to be supported like a hundred percent, just say, for example, if you got laid off from a corporate career, this is where I see a lot of dog industry pros kind of getting into the, into the trade. You get laid off from a corporate career and you get a really good severance package. Use that. 
I mean, you can totally use that, have some savings or something like that. But the first thing is just to have massive patience with it. You are going to learn so many lessons about not only business, not only about doing business, but about yourself because a lot of personal shit's going to come up in business. Now, as a former nine to fiver, the beauty that we had or I had, you know, back in the day was when I got off that plane, when I walked through my door, I was basically done. Even though I wasn't really done, I mean, I always checked my work phone and my emails, and I sometimes had a lot of late calls because a lot of my business partners were in Asia. But I had that ability to kind of have separation from <laughs> separation from office to home life, right? And you have to start to realize when you step into full-time entrepreneurship, you aren't going to really have that definition, right? It, as you're an entrepreneur, that shit goes to bed with you. It does. And, you know, you have to start learning how to, you know, start to face some of the demons. You have to learn to be able to have patience with yourself, shut off the mental chatter when you can and be really super healthy. So number one step is be flexible, have patience, and also be very gentle on yourself too, because you are divinely supported and guided, especially if you have a full-time career already and you have the backing, almost like a kind of a, I don't like to use the word safety now because safety nets can strangle you and they do strangle you. It strangled me for fucking six years as I was kind of like tiptoeing back and forth into this. But just to realize there's, you have umpteenth patience, you have the ability to make shifts and changes. And you can do something a little bit more risky than if you were kind of on your own hundred percent, you know, um, a really good story. I'm going to go into like a, not a rant, but a story really quick is I have a client. She's, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use her information, but I have a client that actually was able to connect with a really, really high level entrepreneur. And it's like one of those light once in a lifetime opportunities that she got to connect with him and it's respected. Like I'm like, fuck respect, respect, man. Like I'm bowing down to you. Like that's fucking awesome. You had five minutes of his time. And what the information that was given to her, I had to disagree. It was like, Oh fuck that. Quit your job. You're already out. You're already burnt out and sell your house and blah, blah, blah. And my thing is, it's like, all right, she was doing this, you know, the side hustle for a couple years already. She had a good, decent established business, but she just wasn't ready yet to make the full-time leap when he was told to, when he kind of, kind of pushed her that way. Right. And the thing is, especially if you have a partner or if you have children in the equation too, is you have to take in consideration of other people, especially when you make a very scary leap from a full-time job into a full-time entrepreneurship role. So my thing is, you know, don't feel pressured. Like, yes, I know you want to get the fuck out of whatever you're doing, but don't feel pressured. Do not feel pressured to get out. All right. So the next thing I'm going to talk to you about is creating a transition plan. What is a transition plan? Well, a transition plan is essentially that. And the funny thing is about being in transition from full-time um, employee to full-time business owner, it's going to be ever evolving. Like I still consider myself in part of transition plans, right? I've been out for a few years, but I still consider myself in transition because I'm still learning a different things. It took me a while to figure out my own schedule. Um, right now it is late on a Sunday night and I'm working cause I'm in my creative flow, but you're going to have to start figuring out what really works for you when it comes to your schedule. The next thing in your transition plan too is you're going to have to figure out what the fuck you're going to do if the economy crashes, right? Like it's Q2 
Q4 2019, right? Is there Q3 or Q4? I'm not sure. I think it's Q4. Yeah, it's Q4, September. And, or we're right on the verge of it, whatever. We in the United States right now are most likely going to hit a quick recession very soon in the next couple of years or within the next 18 months. It's just all signs are pointing that way. So you have to have basically contingency plans, okay? The next thing in the transition plan, which is a contingency plan too, is you have to be sure that you can actually have some savings if something, again, the shit hits the fan. If, for example, you get really fucked up at work, just say you get attacked by a dog, you hit, get into a car accident, you have to have all those dots and I's crossed, those dots and I, the I's dotted and the T's crossed, right? Because you don't want to be kind of stuck there and kind of like, okay, what the fuck happens? So for example, you know, you make sure your insurance, make sure you have you have the capital to actually have good health insurance because in America, unfortunately, we do not have universal health care. Don't start political shit with me. That's a whole other story. However, you have to be sure you can actually afford health care as a small business owner. Um, you you should meet with somebody like a healthcare representative in your state and see what kind of health care you can actually afford. Now, if you're leaving corporate, sometimes you get offered a COBRA plan and COBRA is really good because you usually get your, your health insurance, but it's actually really expensive. Like when I left my corporate job, I was literally paying $1,800 a month for health insurance between me and my husband at that time. So you got to make sure you have health, you have dental. Okay. Financial shit has to, you have to have some savings there in case something happens. Okay. Now I'm not talking doomsday disaster type things, but I want you to be fully prepared with what comes into entrepreneurship as you're leaving corporate life. Right. You also have to be, you know, you have to be able to figure out what the fuck schedule is going to work for you. Um, you have to be prepared that some days are going to be longer than the others. You know, I think we, we think about, and this is where I struggled with a lot of my old friends and, you know, you, they, you feel like as an entrepreneur, like, Oh, you get to go do this and you get to go do that. And people see sometimes I travel a lot and they're like, Oh God, I wish I was Kristen Lee. She's always traveling first class and doing this and doing all these exotic locations. And it's like, no, it's what requires in my job. And you have to have, you know, the flexibility in your schedule in order to have these longer days, these longer nights, the rough nights. And you have to come to almost an agreement with a partner or spouse and, you know, recognize that like, it's not going to be romantic. It's not going to be like working from the laptop, you know, people that sell you that idea of working from a laptop on a beach is just selling you an idea and I fantasy, right? And like, yeah, like if I go on vacation with my, my hubs or, you know, my family, and I'm like at Hawaii or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to work from the beach because I have to. I have a whole bunch of clients. I have hundreds of clients that I have to check in on and do my responsibilities. So think about that, you know, just have these ideas. And again, this sounds like I'm talking doomsday stuff, but I'm really not. Just kind of giving you an awareness from my position from going from full-time to full-time. The next thing too, guys, which is beautiful, is if you are if you are still in a full-time job, you have the opportunity to do your market research like fucking crazy, like more than you have. You have enough time to start getting your boots on the ground, meaning doing some legit old school guerrilla style marketing where you don't have to put a penny into paid ads or lead gen or anything like that. You can still invest in some things. However, you have the time and time equals fucking money. To me, time equals fucking money. 
You know what I mean? So like, for example, if I'm doing a podcast right now, and this is a half hour, to me, that's like $1,000 because I boil down my time to almost $2,000 an hour. Yeah, that sounds high, but for most professionals, dog trainers, that is not bad. That is not that bad for my husband. An hour of his time is $1,500 fucking dollars. So when you still have a full-time job, you're able to use that time on your side and to really start digging into some market research. Now I'm not saying going stalking every single fucking dog trainer out there, but seeing what kind of market you can be supported by, where the demographics are. You can start thinking about what places you're going to hit up to start building strategic relationships inside of the dog industry, if they're pet-friendly businesses, if they're not pet-friendly businesses. Um, If you need guidance on that too, by the way, guys, reach out to me. I have an epic fucking plan. It's called the hustle plan. I don't like the word hustle, uh, but it's a hustle plan where if you are in a point of where you actually want to start moving out into a full-time job, into a full-time career as a dog trainer or dog walker, hit me up. The hustle plan will give you the direction you need without any fucking second guessing. But you'll be able to start building those relationships within your local community. You can start seeing, it's like, all right, cool, there's 40 dog trainers in my area and 39 of them do class sessions. Okay, so what is my industry, what is my market need? Maybe they need some board and trains. Maybe they need an e-collar trainer. Maybe your market needs more puppy classes or day training. Um, maybe, for example, if you live in an area, like I live in Raleigh-Durham, and what Raleigh-Durham really needs is somebody out there to do kind of like pack hikes and pack adventures because everybody does, you know, very small walks. So you have the opportunity to get out there and see what the fuck your market needs and if it's in alignment with you. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, especially with old school type marketing too as well, because when you start getting your face out there and when you start connecting with veterinarians, again, go back to the hustle plan, read all about that shit. But when you start getting into you know strategic relationships, they take some time. It's more of like a hair method versus the rabbit method of uh, the rabbits, not rabid, <laughs> rabbit method of kind of lead gen or anything like that. The next thing you can start doing, guys, especially is start building healthy business habits. When you start building healthy business habits from the very beginning of boundaries, aka telling people no, <laughs> no. No, no, the power of motherfucking no. And you start setting, you know, healthy habits for yourself, aka not drinking all hours, not partying on the weekends, you know, getting, you know, getting nutrition in, getting your sleep in, getting your rest in, because I can tell you, oh my God, I can tell you so much how important it is as an entrepreneur, a high functioning entrepreneur, is to get healthy, healthy, healthy eating habits and rest habits in because it will fucking wreck you. Trust me, me and somebody who else is partnering. We spent last week at IACP or a couple of weeks ago at IACP and we went off our eating, our healthy eating and meditating and rest. And we were not high performing entrepreneurs that week, but start building those healthy, healthy fucking habits. Um, again, boundary setting, charging your value. You know what I mean? Charging your motherfucking value. You know, you have, again, you have that little, that little, I don't want to use the word comfort zone, but you have that little pillow of like, okay, so if somebody doesn't want to book me at a hundred dollars a day, that's cool. Like, fuck you. Like I'm literally giving the middle finger right now. Like, fuck you. Like I don't have to be, I don't have to fucking, you know, take it up the butt. 
so somebody else can like me or whatever. You have that. You have that opportunity. So studying super healthy business habits and personal habits too, guys. Huge, huge, huge. And you can get your branding in order. You can start creating and journaling a brand experience of who the fuck you want to be. Right? Do you want to be that quirky motherfucker that loves Harry Potter and you puts the dogs in different houses? You know what I mean? Or do you want to be like one of my clients too, who's not the the Harry Potter, but my Harry Potter client's awesome. I love her to death. She's one of my best clients. Or do you want to be that Tiffany and company blue elite client that serves the 1%? You have the ability to test your branding and create a branding experience. That's why it boils down to the first one is to have patience and be fucking flexible. All right. That being said too, just a quick reminder on that is you don't have to bounce back and forth. You know, one of the biggest things is when I see with my clients, they get really nervous and they start bouncing back and forth between things like, oh, this niche isn't working. It's like, no, you just haven't tested it yet. You have that time. You have that patience. And the most important thing, well, not the most important, second important thing to do is get your fucking shit set up legally, like legit legally meet your local, like your local business lawyers, meet your local licensing office, get connected with your secretary of state, like legit get your licenses license in order. If your state requires a business license Get your shit set up with an EIN number because I can't tell you how many people I know that don't have EIN numbers. They've been in business fucking full time. I'm like, Jesus Christ, on a cracker. Like get your EIN number set up. Get your NCIS, get your sick, sick code set up. Start a relationship with a business banker. Get all that shit set up because it's going to be much easier Later down, start building your business credit too. I mean, huge. Get all your assets in order. Get your ass and your assets in order too as well. It's going to save you a lot of grief and get fucking insurance for your business. I don't care who you go through. People ask me, they're like, Kristen, who do you recommend? It doesn't matter who I recommend. You know, there's so many different options out there. I personally use for my dog training insurance, I use State Farm, not one of the bigger not one of the bigger ones that are marketed towards. I just like State Farm. And anyway, so get all your legalities in order. That's huge, guys. Huge. Huge. It's gonna save you a lot of grief. And get your systems organized, like how you're gonna create a CRM system. So if that's time to pet, if that's 17 hats, if it's if it's infusion soft, confusion soft, I call it confusion soft. Get all that shit in order because it's just going to make your life a lot easier, especially if you come to me and I'm going to be like, hey, listen, get your EIN, get your EIN, get your DUNS number, make sure you have a marketing system, a customer relationship management system too as well. And finally, the last thing and the most important thing besides patience and everything else and the legalities is don't do it alone. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know the majority of you guys are bullheaded motherfuckers and you guys want to do this and you want to do it well and you are strong as fuck and you're determined I'm going to prove them all wrong and I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking rub my fucking toilet paper in people's ass. They said I can't do it, so I'm going to show up anyway. Don't do it alone. Do not do it alone. Ask for 
help. Ask for guidance. Ask for support when you do this, okay? Now, again, I'm extending my hand. If y'all need help with something like this, just reach out to me. I do create transitional plans. This is not a pitch, but just don't do it alone. Doesn't mean you have to reach out to me. You can do it with somebody else. Even get yourself a really good <laughs> a really good therapist too, by the way, because a therapist is going to save your bacon more than anything else. All right, guys, but don't do it alone because you are not alone. There's a lot of us out there that have done this and I love you and we support you and you guys are going to all kill it and be amazing business entrepreneurs. Now, one caveat too, it's okay not to do this full time. It is. I'm going to say this. I'm not romanticizing it. Like I said before, it's fucking hard and you're going to have times you're like, Jesus Christ, I just want to go back to my fucking, um, I just want to go back to my, my full-time job where I get a paycheck every two weeks and they take my benefits out and I get all this discounts and stuff like that. It's okay too. It totally is okay too. All right, guys, have a great one. And my amazing listener who I don't remember your name, but I remember your message directly on Instagram. I hope this was super helpful for you and let me know if you guys have any other questions. And again, if you guys have questions, shoot me a message on Instagram at dogwalkercoach or shoot me an email at kristen at dogwalkercoach.com. Slide up in my DMs and my emails. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God. Go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions, plus special offers that I'm going to only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, until next time. Bye.